This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. If I were you, if I do, I'd ask it too. If I got us too. If I were you. Nice. Punk rock. Punk rock to match the mood a little bit. Uh, her name is Misty Lakes, and I'm the hostess with the mostest. And she has a podcast, Ooh. Feral Friends. So she is a hostess. Okay. Um, so thank you, Misty Lakes, for writing that cool theme song because she says she's afraid of the unknown, filled with trepidation, menstruation, and mastication whilst awaiting eagerly and gingerly for my jaunty theme tune to be played. So we finally played it. Wow. Okay. I think I said it matched the mood and now I now I really feel like it does. Because of all those adjectives? Yeah. That's the that's the that's the state of the world right now a little bit. State of the world on Sunday, June seventh, ten AM uh, Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern. How are you feeling this week versus last? Um, I guess as as bad, but maybe with a little bit of. I feel like there was there was maybe like a despondent air about the the beginning of last week, and it feels a bit more like there's a groundswell and a movement uh, that's positive to watch even though there's like i mean it's in the face of horrible atrocity um but the the community around um doing something seems kind of seems positive in its way yeah it's insane how i'm also like a little more optimistic and encouraged by how huge this movement is like it's in every state and the cities that are protesting have marches in the tens of thousands now it seems like it's only growing in fervor and yeah i would say so did you go to another protest i saw in brooklyn uh yeah i've been to i went to a couple i went to like the george floyd memorial um i think that was on friday uh where his brother spoke um and then i went to I went to the protest like through downtown Brooklyn and stuff yesterday. Part of what like gives me hope is the idea that maybe like COVID plus this giant Black Lives Matters movement is like teaming up in this giant communal intersection to get rid of our president yeah. and overthrow like whatever he's been doing for the last three and a half years. You know, it's interesting. I guess like how it's interesting how everybody has like kind of a different 
thing to focus on? Like, do you focus on national politics in times like this? I, I haven't really been thinking about Trump as much as I normally have. Uh, no, because I still read his like statements and it still pisses me off. I mean, I hate the guy. <laughs> yeah, it, you're, I know what you're saying. Like, the protesting is so loud that you can't even like think or care about Corona right now, let alone Trump's response to all that stuff. Right. Like, I, I think when I'm at the protest, I'm like specifically thinking, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I'm like specifically thinking about police brutality and like racist cops and stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, that's what I'm very angry about. But I mean, like, also I'm angry about the guy in charge sort of, uh, have, <laughs> I don't know, having like this attitude where all of this seems like it's fair game. That's, yeah. That's if, been uh, the state of politics for a while. He seems to not only think it's fair game, but he he encourages it. So he's like, yes, let's bring in more people. We're bringing in the National Guard. Let's fucking do this. We have to like be strong against these peaceful protesters. And then when they show up in droves, he's like, oh, it wasn't that big of a protest. Like he's like the Grinch on a, an, on a hill, like critiquing the size of the crowds. These are crowds that are protesting like racism and police brutality. He's like, they're not that big. Is he like a, a pundit or like the actual president? I don't understand. I think the problem, at least with him, is that he's so he's so like narcissistic and dumb that he thinks the protests are about him. Like if he could understand that it was about systemic racism, like you would think it wouldn't be that hard for him to be like, oh, like this is a good movement. We should defeat systemic race racism. But he's he can't separate the fact that like the people marching outside are it's about something bigger than him so he's just like so he has to detract from the protesters he has to say that they're bad that they're small that they're violent um but it's kind of i feel like it comes from a fundamental misunderstanding like the women's march was specifically about him kind of yeah yeah i mean it's a direct response (laughs) to him being elected yeah Um, and while it is true that all the protesters do hate him they're not currently protesting him yeah exactly also, like he went to, he went to his panic room last week. He had to go to the panic room in the White House, and he was. And then his excuse was that he was going in there to look at it, to check it out. Yeah, he like, was inspecting it. Is all. So even even if you're gonna lie, it's still not like. Why did you have to inspect it? You didn't. Have, you you were a little bit afraid that you were gonna have to use your panic room. Even if you thought, even if you were there to inspect it, you were look like why inspect it if you don't think you might have to use it soon? Yeah, it's hard not to latch onto these funny little sad moments with Trump in times where there are so much bigger, more important issues at hand. Yeah, and one other one I want to latch onto real quick though is the way he held the Bible. I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do you think anybody is just like? People are like, all right, I'm on board for the photo op. We'll gas the protesters. We'll beat them away with the stick. We'll march you to the church and you'll take a photo with the Bible. And then finally he gets there and he holds up the Bible in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> and, and like a seven-year-old like, found the Afi Komen. Like, hi, I got it. Shit, he's posing with it bad. This, is gonna look, this isn't going to look right in, in retrospect. Yeah, everything he does is so, like, incorrect. It's so funny. Like, just go in there and look pensive. He's like, I got it. Don't worry. Go in there, grab a Bible, seemingly upside down, and hold it over my head vertically. And then when somebody asks, like, is that your Bible? He goes, it's a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, He's so dumb. 
Um, but yeah, so like, do you, when you think about national politics, are you like, we have to get Trump out? That's like number one. Yeah. Or at the very least, like thinking about this giant groundswell and being like, maybe this will get enveloped into the anti-Trump movement specifically. So it's like, yes, while everybody's out here protesting police brutality, let's register them all to vote. And then like, let's keep marching and keep this like uh, fervor up into November so that like when it's time to actually put our anger into voting we can get him out of there yeah man i cannot wait to vote but that's uh yeah it's june and the election is not for another five months so i don't know if we'll be in the streets every day until then yeah yeah like the fact that corona is happening means people are more uh, available to protests so like in a weird dark sad way the corona shutdown of everything has only like helped the protesters even though it's kind of dangerous to protest right now everyone's just like you know eager to get outside and do something so it seems like yeah and i mean it's, it's exploded with a positive energy like and record unemployment and everything too like there's just there's anger and people with a lot of available time and also um a long history of being fed up with the way things are i mean it, i feel like the history like history books are gonna have a fucking heyday with 2020 what an insane <laughs> what an insane we're not even halfway done yeah, what an insane like few months of this year like good lord and just because uh there is so much action happening between corona and this black lives matter movement if trump were to actually still win i think i would be that much more disappointed because it's like he was already bad. He's been doing worse. He's so awful. Then, like, he's now, like, helping uh, this disease spread rampant throughout America. Hundreds of thousands dead. And then also Black Lives Matter. And his response to that, it's like, this is the worst he could possibly be. So, like, yeah. if we still can't vote him out, like, that's really fucked up. Right. Because 2016 was, like, the argument was just that, like, oh, like, this is all just your theory of how bad things could go. That he that he will be a bad president. For, then, like, you have four years of proof. Like, now he really is. Like, look, guys, look, we have the evidence. Yeah. We have the receipts now. And <laughs> look, look, like, the economy is in shambles. Unemployment is record high. Over 110,000 dead at this point. So it's like, we got him, right? Like, this is the proof. We all needed it. Like, but no, his, his approval rating, the Republican Party is still at an all time high. So the question is, like, did all those people who didn't vote or the ones who are on the fence? Did any of them find the last four years not good? It's clearly not yeah. good, right? It's, we're all, we're it's, all hating it. Yeah. I, this is also part of the thing that um, people are saying to do this week is just, like, try to reach out to friends and family that think differently than you, that, like, they're the ones that maybe think Trump isn't that bad or that think he's bad but think that the other guys are worse. Um, and you have to, like, just talk to people and try to convince them to have a a sane point of view <laughs> yeah it's the same point of view that he's like when he was before he was elected he was talking to like african-american voters like what have you got to lose well now we know what they had to lose but that's what i have to say to people on the fence we're like all right now we know how bad it can get obviously this is awful like this is a low point in yeah the not the recent american history so what have we got to lose let's switch it up and see what happens it's i feel like there have been like so many years in the last four years that people have like 
maybe it was 2016 was it 2016 when we like when like a ton of celebrities died or something and everyone was like yeah fuck 2016 or fuck 2017 <laughs> or whatever year it was yeah i can't um, wait till the next year where no celebrities will die and everything will be fine i t- like and i remember when 2019 was over i'm like 2020 is going to be a good year but i think this is this is the part that's been encouraging cuz like on monday i didn't think 2020 was a good year at all and now i don't think that 2020 is a bad year because of the groundswell the uprising this like the reaction monumentous change yeah that people are banding together and marching and people that you never see being active are now for the first time um people you know it just it feels it's embarrassing that it took so long but it feels different so you you want to believe that it can be um and i think that's positive thing for 2020 and 2020 might be the year that we uh fucking boot trump from office so that'll be great too like there's still hope for 2020 is all i would say corona sucks i mean obviously (laughs) obviously that (laughs) one's bad okay but every year can have one shitty thing let's just make it let's just make corona (laughs) the only shitty thing of 2020 uh did you see the videos of las vegas reopening too no i didn't but you know like i think with all of these protests i've i mean i'm still wearing a mask and you know, I feel like all, a lot of like Corona behavior is ingrained in me now to like wash my hands, to not touch my face, to give people space and to wear the mask and all that stuff. But being out in the crowds, like I, I don't care that much about crowds anymore. Yeah. But this is like th- indoors. Las Vegas reopened this weekend and just thousands of people in casinos, like hanging out, dealing with chips, money cash food not wearing masks so it's like the worst of the worst of the worst all coming together and exchanging germs and diseases so it's gonna be it makes sense it makes sense to me i like because you're just like fed up of being indoors I, there's it's that and then also like not everywhere i feel like in new york and la we like felt coronavirus you know like it was happening all around like i know several people that got sick from it like I don't think Nevada had numbers like that. Yeah, yet. But, I mean, everything yeah. is still, like, growing. So people are sort of being like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm just going to live my life, and if I get sick, so be it. The problem is, like, I read a tweet that put it succinctly of, like, the amount of, like, capital we built in for, like, staying at home is, like, used up. So, like, even if there is a second surge at this point, people will be like, no, I'm not, I'm not staying at home anymore. Like, we did that once. It didn't work numbers are really high this time if so if there's like a second peak people are like not gonna just go back indoors and quarantine for another four months that's man yeah i i don't know i i don't want to say i i I don't agree with like just like fuck it i'm gonna go outside and do whatever live my life do whatever i want but i do at least personally i'm gonna like I don't know, be like within my comfort zone. I'm, I'm comfortable. Maybe not, I'm not going to like go flying and stuff and I'm not going to go gambling. But if a restaurant reopened, I would go get a drink there. Interesting. Indoors, like completely not even outdoor style. Um, I guess, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think I would. I'd like to sit by a window. I think last week, LA restaurants, quote unquote, reopened, um, but yeah, that was supposed to happen. Then, you know, there's all these demonstrations and people had to just sort of shutter them all up again. But 
I think restaurants are reopened probably in New York soon too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I've noticed that like New York just feels more like European. Like there's just to go windows everywhere. People are like getting coffee and cocktails and food just like at, at the window of the restaurants and like eating outside on um, like tables and chairs at the re- like the restaurants. I think they like either, either they're not ticketing it anymore or they like actually let restaurants just like all have these permits for outdoor seating. So there's just a lot more um, people doing stuff outside, which I think I'm, I feel like that would feel nice if there weren't so many other shitty things happening. Right. Like I'm not worried. I guess I'm, I guess I'm just not that worried about summer, summer virus time. I'll be worried again in the fall. I'm putting up, uh, I'm just looking at these hotel rates. We can get a $79 a night at Caesars, 59 at Aria, or if we want to go in for like a suite, like if we want to have like a Corona blowout, there's this uh, suite with a bowling alley at the Palms for $4.99 a night. At the Cosmo. Yeah, at the Cosmo, it's somewhere in the in the two hundreds. But they have an all you can eat buffet, and they're doing no shield guard anymore because everyone sort of has to wear a mask, or hopefully so. So a like buffet. the food's sort I of mean, out in the open in a yeah, trough. Vegas is not. I just don't. Vegas is not what I miss. I don't miss like clubbing. I miss my friends. So like I'm not ready to <laughs> fully open society, but like the idea of you know those like socially distant hangs in people's backyards with masks yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I'm ready to do that. Except like no masks. Really? Like I just, well, Let's take I mean, or I'll wear the mask loosely. So like I'll come with the mask, and then I'll like sort of drop it down under my nose a little bit, and then finally over on yeah. my chin. And I'm I'm not saying like I'm doing that right now. I'm saying I'm ready for that. Like that yeah. emotionally, what I miss is like being able to hang out at my friends' apartments and yards. Yeah, and yards I've been doing yards like outside hangs I have been doing. Yeah, I'm flights are going to be interesting i know i think jeffrey flew home this week i want to ask him like was the uh, plane full were people wearing masks how dangerous is flying versus just sitting in a room with people jill's sister flew last week um and she had a connecting flight on the on one of her flights it was like kind of empty they didn't have anyone in any of the middle seats but the next flight that she took was like a regional flight from texas to new york and it was packed. She had to, a middle seat. I thought they got rid of middle seats. Evidently not. At least not on American Airlines. Maybe they just but got everybody rid of was wearing a mask, all the flights. But like, that's crazy. That's no personal space at all. You're touching somebody when you're in the middle seat. Yeah, and I think if you, I think they're getting rid of so many flights that like, uh, ten flights worth of like sparsely populated planes are all cramming onto one flight a day that's why like the planes are still overcrowded but there's not that many people at the airport yeah so like flying you sort of imagine that flying is like better because less people are doing it but it also just means less planes are doing it so it's harder to get a flight more stressful and then it's it's super crowded and then like going through airport security is awful because they have to like take your temperature and do all that shit i bet ah 2020 time to relax uh all right this is If I Were You, an advice podcast, I guess. Uh, shall we take a break and try to answer some questions? I suppose so. Why not? Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Thanks some sponsors. And we'll be back with some Q's and A's after these messages. Oh, yeah. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of our show. Indeed. 
Indeed. Simply put, it's the easiest way to create a professional looking website. Couldn't agree more, bud. That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. <laughs> um, no, they do have a lot more than that. It's uh, right. it's a, it's they have twenty four seven award winning customer support. They have very simple drag and drop technology. You can code, you can design mm-hmm. a professional looking website without knowing much about how the internet works. You can sell. You can launch and sell product from Squarespace. Yes. That's right. You can even purchase a domain name through Squarespace. For example, Jake, what can people purchase? Boneheader.com. Boneheader. It's like interesting. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're a boneheaded person, but you're doing a boneheader of a move. You know what I mean? What about fitnessnah.com? So it's sort of like a relaxation technique mm-hmm. slash way to say damn the man with regards yeah. to fitness. It's a movement about not going to the gym. Fitness it's nah. a it's an anti-movement, really. Oh, it's that's a non-movement good. movement. A, is anti-movement yeah. one? Anti-movement. Uh, seems I'll like have it should to be. check it out later. Actually, let me look right now. Anti-movement.com is not available. Don't yeah. buy that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. But so it's fitness more of a fitness Yeah, it's more of a fitness nah thing. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace AI also is a great way to kickstart or update written content on any website. They can generate instant personalized results. That know and show your brand identity. Pretty cool there too. Incredible. So the way to get in on this action and uh, launch your own website soon enough Mm -hmm. is to go to squarespace.com slash segments. Segments. And when you're ready to launch, you use that coupon code segments at checkout to save 10% off their already low, low prices. Beautiful. Again, Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash segments to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Squarespace. Thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode of our program. Hell yeah. It's pretty simple. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. And then it monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. It's perfect for all those subscriptions that you tried and then forgot about, but you're actually paying for and you don't even realize it, folks. I had, no joke, over a million dollars a month worth of subscriptions that I did not need. That's amazing. Did not That's need. amazing. That's so uh, much cash. I was buying 35 new houses a freaking month on yeah. this subscription box that I accidentally subscribed <laughs> to when I bark was high. Box. Yeah, bark yeah, box. Yeah, it came with the condos, yes. dozens of them a month. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Let me do a quick little audit. Rocket Money came in and they're like, by the way, you're spending one and a half million dollars a month. We could probably just cancel this one. Yeah. Like, damn, and I could use that. I did. Incredible. Yes. Congrats. And you should use that. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved them a total of $500 million. That's almost entirely me. $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Yeah. Most saving of yours. the average member only $740 a year, which is not as much as the $1.5 million a month that I saved, but still a lot of money to some people. For sure. So if you're looking to save some cash, which who isn't, Mm -hmm. uh, you can stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. There's something in your bank account that doesn't need to be there. Rocketmoney.com slash segments will find it and eliminate it. Whoa. Nice. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. Take control of your finances today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rocket Money. And we are back. I suppose for unsolicited advice, it feels weird to promote anything other than donating as much of your spare change as you can to the cause. Right. 
there's so many places that could use donations between I've seen like legal services, bailout funds, uh, elections. I just donated yesterday. I guess Trump and Biden are close in Texas and they're trying to get as many undecided voters leaning left. You could vote to that. I think I retweeted it. You could check that out. Uh, but there's there's got to be something to to donate that's up your alley. So uh, go yeah. online, if you see what you can do. If end. you haven't found anything that you're like passionate about donating to or contributing contributing to that you just haven't tried hard enough. Like it is, I understand that it can feel overwhelming, but as soon as you start to dig in, I feel like you you find some you find something that you feel like calls to you, it speaks to you, and then you can devote some time and money or effort or whatever you want to it. And it feels, it, it helps you feel a little bit better. There's something I forgot to talk about in the first half when we were talking about Trump holding the Bible. It was a similar dark, sad comedic moment when they were interviewing the attorney general about whether he used pepper spray on peaceful protesters or another type of irritant. Cause the white house is saying the media lied. We never pepper sprayed the protesters that specific day. We actually used something else. So he said, <laughs> so the reporter's like, you used pepper spray. He's like, yeah, pepper spray is not a chemical irritant. And she's like, yes, it is. He's like, no, it's not, because it's not a chemical. It's a pepper ball. It's a pepper ball. So he's trying to like make the case that everybody lied, that they weren't tear gassed, the protesters. They were sprayed with something called a pepper ball, which is technically not a chemical because it's made out of a pepper. So that's the type of shit that I'm finding online as well. It's so fucking dumb. Like, did it hurt people's eyes really bad? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And did it make them tear up? Yes. But is it technically a tear gas? I don't think so. It caused excruciating pain and they had to run away and they weren't doing anything. Also, the president could take a dumb photo with a Bible (laughs) in front of a burned down church from a riot that he kind of helped start. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I found a really funny tweet. That's just up this alley, I'm trying to find it so I can, I don't steal the joke. Oh yeah, it's from this guy named Julian Hyde. And he wrote, it's not tear gas unless it's from the Tierre region of France. Otherwise, it's just sparkling white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Ah, see, there's moments of sunshine through the cracks of sadness. Mm, yeah. Uh, let's see, questions that we got. They're starting to pertain to the current mood of not just America, the whole world, everybody. I'm seeing cities like in Australia and Germany, France and Italy yeah. protest. I mean, the I, I think I saw, it was like a New York Times article that just had like overhead shots of all of the protests all around the world and like London. There was, and then there was like three in Australia. I think it was Adelaide, Brisbane, and, per, and uh, no, Adelaide, Brisbane, and, and Melbourne, maybe? Yeah. Um, but... If I can love my Aussies marching in solidarity. And it, I guess it is good that Trump thinks it's about him because it kind of is. And then he sees all these millions of people worldwide that are marching against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he does represent racism and a racist. So it makes yeah. sense. Like, I guess it's not specifically about him, but it absolutely applies to him because he's a racist guy. <laughs> so... It makes he would sense that he feels he, bad and threatened. Yeah, by them. he would be a, a police that was using police brutality, but he's not like strong enough. So he wants to be a cop, but he he can't even get there. No, uh, we actually got a question from Brazil talking about international affairs. 
All right. Uh, we'll call this guy uh, Ronaldinho, famous Brazilian soccer player. I'm from Brazil, right. and we recently uh, elected the dumbest president ever. Seriously, if you haven't heard, this guy's a racist, misogynistic homophobe. Sounds familiar. I would venture to say he's worse than Trump. I'll go even further. It's like Trump took a plump crump dump on a stump in a sump, and out of his plump rump with a bump and a wump, dare I say a thump, jumps out this one pump frump lump of a chump that gives me the grumps and the mumps. Can you imagine such a a gump schlump? Having said that, I just (laughs) found out a close (laughs) I just found out a close friend voted for him. Did something like this happen to either of you? And if so, what did you do? What should I do? Your help would be very much appreciated. Love, uh, Ronaldinho. So, um, imagine one of your friends voted for Trump or this guy who says is worse than Trump. I got to look into Bolinaro? this. Yeah. I think it's Bolinaro. I've, I've, I've heard about him, but I don't know much. All I know yeah, is that he's like supposedly worse than Trump. I, I guess I, all I know is exactly what this guy said in his email. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you have any friends in your life that voted for the Donald? Um, I don't. We had one friend that was a Republican that I think was like on the fence and everyone convinced him to do the right thing. Um but I don't think I know anyone. Oh, I guess I have a cousin um, that voted. Call them up. Let's talk to them. Well, she totally regrets it now. So, like, she's been convinced. All right. That's one. Yeah. One I mean, down, is, 62 million to go. I feel like this came up when, we, when Trump was first elected and we had Billy on the podcast. And, like, my inclination really had, had been, like, to if somebody i know voted for trump like i'm done i will never talk or care about them again i'm just like fuck off fuck you and that's like it's hard for me to not do that but i also as i mentioned i understand that now there's like one of the things you can do to help that will maybe even have like a a bit of a difference is to like connect with people that you disagree with on this type of level and try to convince them to come to the right side of history so i guess that's my advice isn't it crazy? Like we were so anti-Trump and we had only really known about him for like six to eight months of campaigning. Like what did we hate? Like granted we were right, but what the hell are we so mad about? Like he hadn't done a lot of the crazy, terrible, idiotic stuff that he's done in the last four years. I, th- I, well, I mean, he like came his first, I feel like one of the first things he said was uh, that Mexicans were rapists. So like, <laughs> yeah, that was before the election. Then he also said that Obama wasn't born in America. That was years yeah. before the election. Right. And then he, uh, so he's been like a bad racist man he, for a long time. Right. I guess um, he urged a like, Muslim he, ban before he was elected as well. So, yeah, I mean, he was, but he, everything before he was elected was just like, you remember that like a lot of people who were talking about voting for him were like, oh no, he's just saying this to get people riled up when he's president. He can be presidential. He'll pivot. He's a unifier. Right. Just like that. Like he, clearly not. Clearly not. Like, did you see, uh, did you see the Rocks video? Did yeah, you see the Rocks video against it. him? I did, but he didn't name him. He said, where are you? Right. Yeah, he's like, we need a leader. Where are you? You're supposed to unite, but you're not. So like, that's it's pretty close for him 
where he tries to yeah. remain as apolitical as possible to call out the president. That's true. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna critique anybody's activism. That's not my place. But I, so I, th- I think that's great. I think that more people should be calling Trump out because he sucks a lot. Yeah, but it was fun to see him do that, and all his all his fans were like, "What are you talking about? He's doing great. The Dems <laughs> won't let him lead. He... <laughs> you just lost yeah. a fan, Dwayne." Well, I think that that's, I guess that's indicative of what we have to do. It's like that there's a lot of people that feel like it's the Democrats' fault, what, the moment that we're in. So yes. if your friend voted for, I think his name is Bolinaro, right? Yeah. I can um, look it up. If, if your friend voted for this guy, then I think all you can do is connect with your friend and try to figure out why and try to convince them to vote better in the next election yeah uh i guess it, it also depends on how big of a friend bolsonaro 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 um it depends on how big of a friend like if this is your best friend from childhood then yeah like you have a history with this person you don't want to just throw it all away when you can do some light convincing and change his mind from the inside if this is like an acquaintance or a coworker from like two years ago that's probably less important slash doable mm-hmm but it's, I'm sure it's a lot of uh, kids with their parents, too. Like, one generation behind you usually votes much more conservatively yeah. than you. Man, I wonder if that'll happen if we have children. Yeah, will we be the conservative ones? I don't know. You have pretty liberal parents. They just they, You don't just magically become conservative. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Would you say you're more or less liberal than your liberal-ass parents? I would... I mean, I think I'm, like, as equally... I don't know. I think I'm equally as liberal. They're very liberal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, they're, I don't think, I don't think I'm any more or less like my mom voted for Bernie. Damn. That's cool. Have you ever drank her liberal tears? (laughs) I I actually think I owned my lib dad once. Oh really? You owned the lib dad? I I dunked on him on Twitter. (laughs) I saw that. It was just a bad picture of him that you posted, but you totally fucking dunked him and then drank his cock ass tears. I made a meme in MS Paint. <laughs> it's a funny headline right now. I dunked on my dad and he, and here's what happened. And you wouldn't believe what happened next. <laughs> or why. Uh, here's another person writing us in from los angeles a lot closer to home we'll call this guy kobe jones famous los angelino soccer player um for full upfront honesty i don't i don't have any questions for the show as you guys self-reflected in your most recent black lives matter podcast so did many of your listeners and i've always appreciated you both for knowing when to pause the show and use your platform to share your feelings Some friends of mine just launched an e-newsletter with bite-sized news events and actions to inspire change around injustices in our society. So if you guys ever receive a question from the audience about how they can better be allies to the black community or feel the need to share something like this as your unsolicited advice tidbits, I'd be forever appreciative. The website to sign up is letsnotforget.org. Thanks for keeping a smile on my face during the toughest times. Oh, I guess we can say his name. It's Jonathan Lopez. Okay. All right. I'll sign let's, up. Let's not forget.org. 
an ongoing commitment needed to fight injustice. Yeah, I guess that is the fear is the like protest and protest and protest. And then eventually it'll just go away and nothing will really change. But we already are starting to see like micro movements, even on the, the policy level. Yeah, I think and I, I know like when this started also, like people were saying to follow these follow different uh, Instagram accounts and uh, sign up for different newsletters. And like, part of me was like, that's not very active, just like following different accounts. Like I want to do something more. Um, but now I've realized like, cause my feeds are those accounts and stuff. It actually, it does like keep it on the forefront. So like, aside from this guy's newsletter, find whatever resource speaks to you and, and subscribe or like do monthly donations. So you like stay in touch and keep hearing about the fight and how you can help. I think that yeah. is, I think it is good. Uh, all right, one last question. Hi, guys. Longtime fan, third-time emailer. I wanted to get your thoughts on the absolutely necessary protests in the middle of the pandemic. I am an ad- avid supporter of Black Lives Matter movement, but much like Amir, I'm still terrified of the coronavirus and catching and then giving it to my loved ones at risk. The reason I am writing uh, in for this is because I want to know specifically what Amir thinks of not protesting due to fear of COVID-19. Take a back seat, Jake. Uh, I feel like I should be out there in this moment in time that I absolutely want to be a part of, but I'm still so freaked out about catching the virus, and those large groups seem to be a perfect spot for it to spread. I know Jake's been protesting, and that's awesome, and I'm so happy about it but I haven't seen Amir post anything of that nature. He's calling me up. Is donating and spreading the word on social media enough, or do I need to just suck it up and risk that Rona for the movement? I need advice. Nothing to plug except a shout-out for my wife, Olivia. Yeah, I usually don't plug something at the end of a question, but shout-out to Olivia. (laughs) All right. Shout-out to Olivia. Nothing to plug except for my question and my wife. Um, Uh, How do you feel? Yeah, it's true. I am terrified because I am surrounded by immunocompromised people and I don't want to get this illness and pass it on to a family member. But I saw something on, I forget at this point, whether it's like Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Maybe it was a TikTok or a Vine back in the day. All I know is that it wasn't a news. It wasn't the news. (laughs) It was a BuzzFeed listicle. Uh, just that there's different ways, like everybody is protesting in a different way, whether you're marching or donating or spreading awareness or talking to a loved one, like that's all considered protesting, not like you have to physically show up though. Everything is helpful in a very specific way. Yeah. So, and have you found that like what you've been doing has been like helpful for you? I guess it's not really about us, but yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, posting and talking to you about it and donating and sharing my donations and getting others to donate. So I do feel like I'm doing as much as possible while staying at home like a coward uh, and urging my friends to <laughs> protest as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, but I, I know it, that thing that you're talking about too, is something about like everyone has a lane or whatever. Yeah. Like that post that was circulating. Right. Um, I think it makes sense. And I think it's like partially about bandwidth and it's partially about passion. Like you have to do something that's authentic. Like I, for me, the protests have been incredibly helpful because I feel like I'm seeing beautiful, powerful things there. And if you're getting that from um, donating or sharing and like communicating with people on social media, that's good. Like that's what I'm getting out of the protest. 
Right. And even within the protest, there's like different levels of like how much you can get involved. You can be on the front lines shouting at the police. You can like stay past curfew and like show that like you're not going to be constrained by the government telling you you have to go home or you can like arrive early and march in the back and uh, hold up your sign six feet away from people and then leave before it gets dark out. You can, a lot of people um, who don't want to be like right up in the crowds, um, like bring supplies and have them like on the outsides. So like every time you're like walking away from the protest, there's people just like passing out water, snacks, hand sanitizer, masks. So if you wanted to like go to the protest, but not be right up in the thick of it, you can be on the outskirts and keep your distance and stay pretty safe. Yeah. And at the same time, you like don't know specifically what's going on in like individual people's lives. Like some people can't afford to donate and some people can't afford to just spend the days in the crowds with people. So everyone is hopefully doing as much as they possibly can. But ours is not the place to judge how people, um, how people push back and support the cause. Right. As long as you've looked into your own soul and have decided what you can do. Yeah, that's good. And you can, you know, help protesters without necessarily showing up. Like you can donate to bail funds so you can help people who do get arrested, who are like battling in the front lines. I mean, I see some of these Mike Carnell posts and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is like in the thick of it. Yeah. Dude's at war. Yeah. He's, he's been arrested, right? I think like three times now. I want to talk to him about what in the world that means. Like you get arrested, they throw you where, and what do you have to do to get out? And do you go to jail? Do you have to appear in court or is it like a ticket? He, I, he, I, you should definitely talk to him. I talked to him. I mean, he has no voice. His voice is gone, hoarse, dry, uh, completely spent. Um, I think they, they hold them at the police station. I don't know if it's like in a cell or what, um, they give you, a, they process you and give you a ticket. Um, he, I think he called it like a desk ticket. Um, but you basically, you have a court date. You have to go back and, and plead guilty and pay a fine. Wow. For every single time. It's not like one size fits all. Yeah. And I mean, well, and now all it's always changing too. Um, cause the i think like a judge just ruled now they'll they can hold people for 24 hours so it's like even scarier if you get arrested you could just spend an entire day and night in jail and then but then also the curfew was just lifted today so i mean the best thing you can do in addition to like whatever you're you're um you're going to do with like your time your cash or whatever is just like staying informed because then i mean that helps you decide how to help uh all right that was our comedy podcast in the <laughs> face of a spiraling hurricane of pain. That is right. You know what? Maybe we should do, uh, come November, we should do some like some live shows um, if, they're, if they're allowed at all, just like in polling places. Oh, that'd be nice. You mean if we can travel to places? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can drive around the country. I could be a comedy activist. We drive around the country... The shows are outdoors. Everyone is six feet apart. No laughing because that's where the aerosol particles sort of come out. So like you have to keep your mouth shut. That won't be a problem. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> yeah, because we'll, we'll be talking about serious issues that don't have very much comedy behind them. Uh, all right. The opening theme song was written by... Oh, God, I forget her name already. She had a, a mysterious name that already yeah. escapes me. It, it was, it was, it was uh, punk rock. It was like Miley, Minnie. Oh, Misty Lakes. 
Yeah, Misty Lakes. Uh, and this closing one is a uh, "Where Is My Mind" parody. Let me sh- oh, search who not... wrote this. Uh, who wrote Where's that song? Where's my mind? The Pixies, right? Yeah, "Where's My Mind" by Tony Spaulding. This is uh, that was Mia Jill's wedding song. Oh, damn! Never? There you have it. That was her first uh, dance, dude. I'd just like to give a shout out to the band I play in with my brother and cousins, Andy and the Chinese Ferrari Sex Fire Death Crash. Awesome. Oh, so thanks, Andy, and the Chinese Ferrari Sexfire Death Crash, and to you guys for writing in, and to you guys for listening, and to everybody for donating. Uh, We'll be tweeting more donation links and um, ways to get involved. Follow us on social media, and uh, do as much as you possibly can. Thanks so much for listening and fighting. Indeed. And uh, we'll be back next week, as always, and more videos and stuff on our Patreon and more HeadGum comedy on the HeadGum podcast. So if you Correct. always, if you ever want more, there's always more for you. And uh, shout out to that guy's wife, Olivia, just uh, in case you oh, that Yeah, the one who wrote yeah. the question earlier. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Shout out to Olivia. Yeah. Well, of course. Shout, shout out to Olivia. <laughs> All right. yeah. As always. As always. Taking a near when you're feeling down When you find yourself needing advice Yeah If your girlfriend's mean Or your job just sucks So you ask these dudes If I were you If I were you If I were you That was a HeadGum Podcast. Hey there, podcast listener. Good news. We're doing another HeadGum Happy Hour in New York City. Whoa, that's amazing news. Amir, why don't you tell the folks when and where it is? Okay, fine. It's Tuesday, May 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the Bell House. Okay, and why don't you tell everybody who the fucking hosts are? Yeah, that would be us. It would be, uh, we're hosting it. It's Jake and Amir. Okay, and how about this, you little piece of shit? Why don't you tell everybody who is going to be performing? Who is this show featuring? All right, I don't appreciate being called that, but it is featuring Charlie Bardet, Natalie Rodder, Lateman of Exploration And why Live. don't you tell them, excuse me, why don't you tell them who else it's featuring? Yeah, Millie Tamara's and Elise Morales of the Go Touch Grass podcast and some surprise guests as well. More, yes. And Mir, why don't you go ahead and close this out now? You say something like, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the yeah. show or something like that. Why don't you go ahead yeah. and do that? Okay, hmm? I will. It's, hmm? it's, Can uh, you do that? It, so go buy a ticket at headgum.com slash live and we'll see you there. All right, bye.